sound. Oh, praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Hey, right, has God been good to you this week? He's so good to me, I'm still here. And you all know I don't deserve it. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, it seems like it was just a few days ago that we had the last 4th of July, doesn't it? Time's going by so fast. All right, so did anybody have a birthday this past week? No birthdays, praise the Lord. How about uh, anniversaries? Anybody celebrate an anniversary this week or last week? No? Oh, okay. Nobody's been sober for so many days, weeks, months, years. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, in our announcements, uh, we will not have a business meeting tomorrow night. It is the 4th of July, so we're going to uh, skip this month because uh, there doesn't seem to be any pressing issues. If you know of one, let one of the elders know, and we can schedule a meeting uh, during the month if it needs, if we, there's something we need to take care of. But for right now, we're, not, we're just planning on waiting until next month. But again, if you know of an issue that needs to be dealt with, let one of your elders know, and uh, we'll, get it, we'll get it taken care of. All right. So we're ready now for our uh, opening hymn, which is God of Our Fathers, number 599 in your, uh, in your <coughs> hymnal. If you uh, want to follow along in your book, God of Our Fathers. God of Our Fathers,
All right. That's, now we're going to do a patriotic song, this being 4th of July weekend. Uh, we're going to do the Star Spangled Banner. I always want to say banana. Uh, it's kind of stuck there after you hear that, you know. <laughs> Star Spangled Banner. It's number 601 in the book if anybody wants to follow in their book. Oh, thank you. Oh, say can you see You can, uh, uh, well, let's go ahead and have our opening prayer, and I guess I'll go ahead and lead, so let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege we have to be called one of your children. Wow. Lord, we are so blessed. You did all the hard work. We get to receive all the glory from it when we put our faith in you. So Lord, this morning we come to worship you, our Lord, our God, our maker. And we ask, Lord, that you will lead everything that is said, everything that is done in this service. We thank you, Lord, that we live in a land that is still free. That freedom is trying to be restricted, but our true freedom is not from any government but from you. Help us to focus on the freedom that we have in Christ and let us represent that freedom to all. Use us this morning to get that message out. Thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, I'm sorry? Oh, thank you. Our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Forever 
and ever. Amen. All right. Now you can be seated. Uh, our communion hymn this morning is one that I think everyone is familiar with. Let us break bread together, number 265 in your hymnal, if you choose to follow along with that. says it, doesn't it? All right. Well, we have our uh, communion meditation and prayer by Brother Jim Rominger. He's going to come up here and woo us. say to us today your flag hello remember me some people call me old glory others call me the star spangled banner but whatever they call me I am your flag the flag of the United States of America Something has been bothering me, so I thought I might talk it over with you, because it is about you and me. I remember some time ago, people would line up on both sides of the street to watch the parade, and naturally, I was leading everyone, proud, waving in the breeze. When your daddy saw me coming, he immediately removed his hat and placed it over his left shoulder as, as that his hand was directly over his heart. Remember? And you, I remember, were standing there straight as a soldier. You didn't have a hat, but you were giving the right salute. Remember your little sister? Not to be outdone, she was saluting the same as you with her right hand over her heart. Remember? 
What happened? I'm still the same old flag. Oh, I've added a few stars since you were a boy, and a lot more blood has been shed since those parades of long ago. But now, somehow I don't feel as proud as I used to feel. When I come down your street, you just stand there with your hands in your pockets. You may give me a small glance, and then you look away. I see children running around, you shouting. They don't seem to know who I am. I saw one man take his hat off. Then he looked around, and when he didn't see anyone else take off his hat, he he quickly put his on again. Is it a sin to be patriotic today? Have you forgotten what I stand for and where I have been? Take a look at the memorial honor rolls and see the names of those patriot Americans who gave their lives to keep this republic free. When you salute me, you are actually saluting them. Well, it won't be long until I'll be coming down your street again. So when you see me, please stand straight and place your hand over your heart, and I'll know that you remembered. I'll salute you by waving back. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we celebrate the 4th of July, we celebrate freedom. We, have, we honor you. We honor all our service people in the past and present who gave their lives that we can enjoy the freedoms we have. We honor all the new men and women that are still in our midst that continue to serve in our country to keep us a free nation. We honor those who are caring for our wounded. Let us never forget the cost of these lives and truly honor them. Just now we want to focus on our Savior Jesus Christ and his sacrifices. Let us honor our king that can give us total freedom from sin. Yes. He gave us life, life that we can be free from sin. Let us never forget our veterans and let us never forget our savior as we take communion today. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. All right. Thank you for your help. All right. Let's do this. Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, now it's time for our communion, so let's uh, take a moment and let's reflect. Let's reflect on how we are living compared to how we know we should be living. And if there is anything in our lives that we need to uh, ask forgiveness for and repent of, let's take a moment, talk it over with God, and let's do that. So let's have a moment of silence.
when Jesus was with his disciples at the time of the Passover meal, after the meal, he took the bread and broke it and he passed it around to his disciples. And then he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take, eat, all of you. After they ate the bread, he took the cup. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant drink of it. In doing that, he changed from this being the message of just Passover, and in addition, it is now the Lord's Supper. Let's stand as we sing the doxology. If you want to uh, uh, remain standing, we will sing God Bless America. And boy, has it. special music by Brother Wayne Morris. So, Brother, it's all yours. Lord, if, if this would fit, I would wear this today, but I'm bringing it up here anyhow. The thought was wonderful. But it, I, it just... I have never, I have never sang this song. Um, I've listened to it many times. Uh, when I started practicing on it a little bit, uh, I got a little more meaning from it. Uh, when they talk about. Um, 
uh, I would stand with the men who died that gave the right to me to be free when one of them was Christ. Amen. And I got that out of it. Amen. So I'll give it a try. Just my children and my wife I take my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know to hear that, I'm sure he would say good things about you. <laughs> that was very good. Very good. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, I think we're ready to get into the message this morning. And uh, we've already had several. <laughs> uh, our 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 text is not per se on freedom, but there is some, uh, some ways we'll tie that in. So we're still in the book of Mark, chapter 4. We're going to uh, read uh, verse 21 to uh, verse 25 this morning. This is Jesus speaking. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought in, out into the open. If anyone has ears to ear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. 
With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Now, this is attached in some versions of the Bible right to the end of the previous uh, parable uh, and when Jesus explains the parable of the four soils. And if you remember, the four soils can, remember, can, uh, can represent the four different stages in our lifetime. Uh, and, you know, when we are broken and we know it, that's when we're more pliable to receive what God has for us. It seems like in good times, we have a tendency to forget that we need God. We, we think, I've got this. <laughs> and so he continues on when he closes out with this parable about this lamp and putting it on a stand. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar or not, but they had little bitty um, small containers and they had a little saucer under them and they put oil in that little bitty saucer and it had a wick that stuck out and that was their lamp. Now it wasn't uncommon. They had uh, often three-legged little stands that had a little platform that was just perfect to set that, uh, that little saucer on. And so that would light up a whole room, but it wasn't uncommon for them to have two or three in a room or in their, throughout their house. Sometimes they would even find a branch in a tree that they could ha- set that in and hang it in. And so you would have this light, you would have these lights, and that was how they saw. Now, how ridiculous would it be to light a lamp and then cover it over with a bowl? <laughs> I mean... Why would you do that? Or to hide it under a bed. I mean, it makes sense if you're looking for something under the bed to take the light where you can see. But why would you set it under the bed and leave it there where it can only light up a small area? Rather, you put it out where it can be seen. What's he talking about? He'd just been talking about the four different types of soil. He'd talked about then the one's who are ready to receive, they are the ones that begin to shine. They're the ones that begin to produce a crop, sometimes a hundredfold, sometimes 30-fold, sometimes 60-fold. So what's he saying? What he's saying is, is that when your heart is really pliable, when your heart has really been broken and then it's been healed by Jesus... You want to tell others that are broken how they too can receive this healing. How they too can be set free from the bondage of their sins. That's the letting the light shine instead of hiding it. If you're a Christian, you should not just withdraw from society and say, Oh no, I'm not going to share about Jesus. I'm just going to keep it to myself. No, no. That's what he's saying. Don't do that. Let me ask you something. If you had the cure for cancer, you accidentally discovered it, what would you do with it? Would you just use it for yourself and your own family and keep it to yourself? Would you share it and help others to also defeat this enemy called cancer? Well, it's no different when we receive Christ, when we receive the healing of our brokenness, when we are set free from the bondage of our sins, we should be elated. We should be filled with the joy that comes with being set free from all the bondage. We should be filled with God, with his Holy Spirit. We should be ready to go out and shout from the rooftops and tell everybody how much Jesus has done for me and he will do it for you too, just the same as he did it for me. And trust me, I was a much worse person than you were. I've got an amen. (laughs) Somebody agrees I'm worse than they are. (laughs) 
But it's true. I was worse than many of you, than probably most of you in here. I, I went down a tunnel uh, the wrong way for too long. And God brought me out of that. So I have something to share. I have a reason to be grateful. I have a reason to share. You know, when you are about to kill yourself driving a hundred plus mile an hour towards a, a brick wall and all of a sudden Jesus is in the car with you and he gives you a hug and says, no, I love you. You may not think anybody else loves you, but I love you. Folks, that changes everything. I had a reason to live. I had a Savior who loved me. Can you identify? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You ever been there? You ever experienced that? Well, if we have, why don't we go out and tell others who are committing suicide, others who are having thoughts of suicide, others who we look into their eyes and it's just empty. There's nothing there but pain and misery. Folks, as the economy tanks more and more, we're going to see a lot more of those people. We're going to see a lot of people who are in pain, who are in misery. They will want to do whatever they have to do to survive. And it's our job to love them into Jesus, to love them into the Lord, to share with them what we have to help them. Now, I'm not saying to give money to a drug addict or an alcoholic. We don't do those kind of things. That's just enabling people. That's helping them to sin. We should never, ever help somebody knowingly to sin. But if you feed them and clothe them, then we have done something necessary. We have done something that does help them. We've done something that shows them, yes, you are loved. Yes, there are still people in this world that love you. There are still people who care what happens to you. There are still people, and those people are the people of God, or it should be. That's what Jesus is saying in this little parable. You know, he's taught so much through parables. And that's why he goes on here to say, consider carefully what you hear. He's saying, I'm talking about one thing, but there's a deeper meaning, a spiritual meaning. There is a physical meaning in a parable, but there's also a spiritual meaning. Dig in and find what that spiritual meaning is and then put it to work in your life. You know, a baby learns to walk. They take one step at a time. They take one step and that's a big deal. I mean, how many of you have been there with your baby taking the first step? You recorded it, right? If, even if you didn't write it down, you recorded it here in your brain. It stuck. You remember. I remember when all of my children took their first step. I remember when they first said, Daddy, too. <laughs> you know, when they said, Mommy, that wasn't a big deal. But when they said, Daddy, that was a big deal. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but we remember those things. Well... When we are born again, we're infants. You're not born again as an adult. When you're born again, you're an infant. You're an infant in spiritual matters. You're an infant in the kingdom of God. And we have to learn to walk with him and talk with him. We have to learn to share with others what our daddy did for me. What my big brother did for me. We have to learn to share with others the glory that God has shed on us. Folks, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And I'm told in my Bible that he's there to guide us into all truths. Where do we find truth? Right here in the Word of God. That's the only place you're going to find truth. You listen to CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of these news outlets, you may hear the truth or you may not. But you listen to the Word of God and you're going to hear the truth. Only, always, the truth. I have met people who would tell you stories. I mean, they may have just been joking. 
But these stories were so unreal, <laughs> so fantastical, that it's like, yeah, right, Billy, mm-hmm. you did that, okay. <laughs> and, and some people really believed that they were capable of doing these things. Others would later, you know, laugh and say, no, of course not, I'm just kidding. But there are people in this world that are liars. Imagine that. You know, Ray Comfort has a a ministry. It's a wonderful ministry. I I love to hear Ray Comfort. I like to read his material, and I like to watch his videos because he goes out on the streets, and he goes into college campuses. and, And what he does is he takes a microphone and his camera, and he interviews people. He asks them, can I interview you on camera? I want to talk to you about Jesus. And a lot of them say no, (laughs) not interested. But some say, okay. And then for their participation, he usually gives them a $10 gift certificate to go to a sub sandwich shop. Subway, that's it, Subway. But as he's talking to these people, at one point in the conversation, he gets around to the point to where if they act like, no, I don't really believe that Jesus is real, and even if he is, I don't want to fool with him. So what he'll do is he'll say, have you ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Yeah. What do they say? Um, yes, see, don't murder. That's usually about the only one they can get. (laughs) And so he'll say, well, Let's do a little test. Tell me truthfully, have you ever told a lie to anyone? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever lusted after a member of the opposite sex? Well, yeah, I do that all the time. That's what usually they say. (laughs) And then he'll say, have you ever stole anything? Yeah. Well, by your own admission. You're, you're a liar, a thief, and an adulterer. What? <laughs> They've never had anybody put it that bluntly for them in biblical terms. And a lot of them end up accepting Jesus because he just showed them what they were. <laughs> it's a good approach. It's a way to work. And Jesus is very similar in his approach. Through the Holy Spirit and through his word being represented truthfully from the pulpit, people's hearts are pierced. They realize they're a liar. They realize they're a thief. They realize they're an adulterer. They realize they're an idolater. We realize our sin is the bottom line. That's what the Ten Commandments is all about, to show us that we are sinners. And when it's represented well, people become convicted through the word and through the work of the Holy Spirit of their sin. And then it's time, since the light has been shined on the darkness in our hearts, it's time to confess. It's time to repent. It's time to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because not only do you realize you're a sinner, but you can only be a sinner if there's someone to sin against, and that is God. Do we sin against each other? Yes, but we still sin against God is the most important thing. When we sin against each other, we still sin against God. If I tell you a blatant lie, I'm not just hurting you, I'm hurting God. And I'm hurting everyone else who finds out I lied. Right? That's the way sin works. It hurts people. That's the devil's plan. Is to hurt you. But when that hurt is healed by Jesus, then we have a reason to let that light shine and tell others about it. Amen. Amen. And then he says, you know, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then consider carefully what you hear. And then he says, with the measure you use, it will be... uh, I'm sorry, I've lost my spot here. Uh, Give me a minute. Uh, The measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. 
Have you ever had bad thoughts about somebody? <laughs> ever? Uh, you know, somebody told me once that the true definition of stress is when you want to choke the life out of somebody who really deserves it, but you can't. <laughs> uh, there may be a little truth to that, but <laughs> I think there's a little more involved. But I think we've all been there at some point in time. We've all had somebody frustrate us to the point to where we just don't want to be around them anymore. We don't want to fool with them. We don't want to have to deal with them at all. And sometimes we'd like to just get rid of them. And we have to be careful, though, because Jesus is watching. Jesus is listening. Jesus knows what's in our heart, whether we say it or not. He knows what we thought. And he said the way we measure that out to them, he's going to measure it out to us and even more so. Oh, careful. Careful. What goes around comes around. That's what he's saying. What goes around comes around. Then we have to repent. He will grab our heart for doing that if we pay attention He will reach in and he'll squeeze and he'll say, you know better than this. Yes, they frustrated you. Yes, you have a right to be frustrated. But to think more than that, to think that you want to hurt them, to think that you want them dead, to think that you don't ever want anything to do with them again, that is too far. When we go that far, we've gone too far. In fact, we're told that When you have those kind of thoughts, you've already murdered them in your heart. Hmm. Serious business. He's not kidding. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. Now you go back to the four types of soil... ...and you see how some of the seed fell in not such a good soil... And one place, it would spring up immediately. But as soon as the heat or the trials and troubles come, it's gone. Even what they had was taken. But to those who receive it and begin to grow, begin to really move in towards God, when, when we lean into him, when we really depend upon him, when we ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And we listen and we obey. And then we say, Lord, now what do you want me to do? And we listen and we obey and we study his scriptures and we spend so much time in his presence that people, when they look at you, they say, wow, you're shining. You just have a glow about you. And we're like, what? Because <laughs> we don't know. Other people can see it, though. You know, one of the strangest things ever happened to me, I was, I was at the VA hospital one time, sitting in a waiting room, and I was sitting there reading a book. I mean, I was wearing old blue jeans and an old ratty T-shirt. <laughs> and this... Woman sitting across from me in another chair. She kept looking at me. I was like, uh, what's wrong? Check to make sure I don't have anything sticking out of my nose, you know. Uh, 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 all those things, you, you, you begin to wonder. You get self-conscious when somebody's looking at you, you know. It makes you wonder, what are they looking at? And finally she says, you're a preacher, aren't you? I was like, how do you know that? Look at me, I'm dressed like a bum. How do you know that? She said, I can see it on you. She said, I can see your aura. I can see it on you. I was like, okay, that's weird, but thank you. (laughs) Uh, So other people can see when we walk with God. We may not notice it as much as others. But other people seem to be able to discern these things, at least the ones that are open to seeing it. But again, he says, consider carefully what you hear. First, you have to hear it. Let him who has an ear hear. So you have to be listening. 
We have to intentionally tune in to God. We have to intentionally tune in to the Holy Spirit. And in order to do that, folks, we have to tune out the world. Have you ever tried to hear somebody talking with a bunch of noise in the background? Here you are trying and somebody's playing music real loud over the PA speakers or people are around you are talking so loud that you can't hear one another across the table. You're trying your best to hear this person. And in order to do that, we kind of tune out what's going on around us. Sometimes we're successful, sometimes we're not. It's no different. When we begin to try to lean into Jesus, when we begin to try to walk in the presence of the Lord, when we begin to want to listen to him, the devil begins to speak in your other ear. The devil begins to try to distract us. Why? He doesn't want us close to Jesus. So we have to learn to tune him out. Tune out the world. We have to know the voice of the Lord and listen to him and to him only. And we also pray in the name of Jesus, Satan be gone. You'd be amazed how quickly he shuts up. (laughs) That name Jesus has some power, folks. It has power to it. In the supernatural world, that's the name above all names. They hear that name, they shudder. And they do what you say in Jesus' name as long as we're not going against anything that God has taught us. We can't command them to hurt somebody else or those kind of things, but we can keep them away from as a distraction. We can keep them away from harm, harming in us or any of our family members. We've been given uh, the authority to command under certain circumstances, but we always have to be led by the Holy Spirit. If we try to do it without the Holy Spirit, it's not going to work. But when he tells you, tell the devil to shut up. And he does do that, folks. We know because throughout the Bible, there are places where God told his man to say something to someone. He even told his disciples at one time, you go and cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Talk about letting the glory of God out. Wow. Can you imagine seeing a person walk into uh, a mortuary, walk up to the coffin, lay hands on the body and say, get up, and they do? That has been documented. That has happened. In the past, Smith Wigglesworth done it more than once. I don't understand it. I don't know what the purpose behind it was other than to show the glory of God. But things like that have happened. We know throughout the Bible there were people who were dead. There was one young man who died and, and they were carrying the, the, the coffin, the casket. And they were in an a, uh, assembly, a parade more or less, walking. And Jesus And the disciples were coming the opposite direction. And the woman, who was a widow, this was her only son, her only way of having an income, really. And Jesus stopped them and laid his hand on the coffin and said, Get up. And he did. Gave the son back to his mother so she wouldn't have to suffer. God is able to meet our needs, folks. No matter what that need is. As times get harder, we're going to need him more. Learn to lean on Jesus. Learn to trust in Jesus. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter how hard the challenge, if we will just hold on to Jesus, he will hold on to us. And I guarantee that as long as we don't let go, he will get us through no matter what. Does that mean we'll all survive? Not necessarily. 
We often like to think of death as the worst thing that could ever happen. Why? You're going to be with the Lord. How can that be such a bad thing? <laughs> we have to learn to put it in proper perspective. Let our light shine. Another verse says that we are to live in such a way that people see the light shining through us and they are drawn to our Father. That's not word for word, but that's the teaching. And we need to learn to live that way so that people can look to us and see Jesus more than they can see me. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I am so grateful that you did rescue me. I was in the mode of destruction, self-destruction. And you came to me and you told me you loved me. And that love has never stopped. It has only grown deeper And I thank you. I pray that everyone here has experienced your love in the same way. And if they have not, that we will do whatever we have to 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 come closer to you, to walk more with you. We need to get into our word. We need to get into prayer. And we need to ask what you want of us Listen and do it. Lord, help us to be successful by honoring you with our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our invitation hymn, 494, Precious Lord, take my hand. God is good. All the time. time. Yes, you can be seated. Just in a prayer. Let's all stand together.
you are going to show us that no, this is not right. Amen. You know, often uh, we look at uh, these issues and we're told that as Bible thumpers, <laughs> Christians, conservatives, that we are standing against abortion. Well, that's partially true, but more importantly, we're standing for what is right. We're standing on the word of God. Never forget that. We have a reason to stand against evil and to stand up for Jesus. That's part of letting our light shine. Miss America. <laughs> All right. Now you can play. Sorry. <laughs> 